Hey, it's me again, Samana Shrawi. Welcome to another episode of the Nostalgia Mixtape, Season 2. Today's guest, Rennie Perkins, is like me in that we both love music. I mean, we really, really love it. Name a genre, even a subgenre, and Rennie's probably got a playlist for you. Just ask Rennie for her Yacht Rock playlist. You won't be disappointed. The last time we hung out, we spent a day in Houston. We had the chicken sandwich at the original Frenchies in Third Ward, the best smoothies of our lives at Juice Land, and talked about Houston rap and Eddie Murphy movies until the sun went down. The next night, we went roller skating at a spot called Houston Just Rolling, a massive and black-owned skating rink on the south side of Houston. I only busted my ass once, I swear, but it was mesmerizing watching Rennie skate like a pro, forwards and backwards. I'm definitely not there yet. I can barely go forwards. But you can tell it's in her bones to express herself. And I think you can feel that when you see her art. And that's how Rennie and I first met, at the opening of her photo exhibit at a gallery called Junior High in East Hollywood, Los Angeles. I was there through an invitation from my friend Tara. And the exhibit, called Where You At, was Rennie's highly curated, excellently stylized tribute to 1970s black skate culture. Some things you see and you can immediately recognize that they're important. This was one of those moments for me. But to really talk about Rini's art, we need to turn to someone way more qualified than myself. And today, that someone is Sidney Gore, an editor and writer for places like Nylon, MTV, The Fader, High Snobiety, Paper Magazine, Genius, Complex, and OK Player. Sydney is way, way better at describing things than I am. So let's welcome Sydney to the campfire and get a better understanding of Rini's art before we jump into this conversation. Sydney? So man, you are far too kind. Thank you so much for the lovely intro and for including me on this podcast. So let's talk about Rennie Perkins. She is a Houston-born, Los Angeles-based artist and comedian known for her retro digital collages that project Black feminism in all of its melanated glory. The 60s and 70s-inspired propaganda tackles everything that permeates in the culture, from sex and politics to mental health and self-care, You know, finding her Instagram page is almost like unlocking a hidden utopia for Black empowerment, even when some of the messages behind the memes are about ongoing systemic failures. So I can't remember when exactly I was initially exposed to Rennie's artwork, but I do know for a fact that the thank you for flaking piece about not committing to plans was the first one that grabbed my attention. And... This design in particular really spoke to me because for the past year now, I've been following this unspoken rule where if I make tentative plans with someone and they do not follow up to confirm that we're still on and it's happening, I don't feel obligated to show up. It really saves a lot of time and energy and she just perfectly conveyed that with that picture. So while the featured figures in these images come from the archives of magazine advertisements and album covers, it's hard not to see ourselves in these women even today in 2020. And, you know, Rooney's designs, they really remind us that representation still matters and that there's no progress in the feminist agenda without intersectionality. You can also promote Rooney's work by ordering merchandise from her shop, Brownie Points For You, and I'll let you take it from here. Thank you so much, Sydney. 
And now, let's have Rini sit down at our campfire time machine and take us back. Way back. Hello, I'm Rainy Perkins. I produce CO2 for a living. And, <laughs> um, and I just found out that I have been on a non-vegan diet via gummy bears. <laughs> <laughs> What songs do you want to talk about today? Oh, today I'm going to talk about mm-hmm. Toro Moi's imprint actor from his causes of this album. Mm-hmm. And Confunctions. Oh, and Confunctions Love Train. Don't know the album. It's, it it's a bop. Palestinian. Mm-hmm. He started the first rock and roll band in Palestine. Are you saying? So it's like an incredible like piece of okay, the country's history. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. So I'm working on a script about that. Oh, that's super tight. Your dad is like an icon. Yeah. I mean like forgotten icon, but like but at the still. time. At the time, yes, for sure. That's he's like the first. The, the yeah. first like rock band? Yes. Yeah. And so like I just went back in April and we found like all these uh, like we went to my uncle's house, my uncle still mm-hmm. lives there, and like he had like just like this dusty box in his basement, mm-hmm. and we found like all these newspaper clippings like about the band and like posters and concert tickets and like the UN like wrote them a letter to like play a show for them and I was like this is my dad like just talked about it growing up like he just had like a garage <laughs> band you know what I mean that just like fucked around, but I was like this is actually quite legit. No, that's super fucking. Tight. That's wild. Is there any kind of like musical history with your parents at all? As in, like, do they start like cool bands? No. Uh, or like, was are, there was there music in your family? Uh, I'm gonna say no. Okay. I don't think I don't think so. Uh, I'm trying to think, and I don't, as far as like even anything in like creative entertainment industry, mm-hmm. like that's just like me. These stories that you, or this one story that you want to tell, can you like? Talk to me about, like, wh- before you tell us, like, where it takes place, how how old you are, or sorry, what year it is, uh-huh. whatever. Okay, so it's actually kind of like a culmination of stories. There's, like, because this particular song, like, represents, like, a time of transition in my life. Okay. And it was the time where I was uh, in my last few, I guess, like, months in, like, Houston, and I was moving to L.A. Okay, what year is this? This is 08. 08. Okay. And... I was working at American Apparel, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. all the cool kids worked at American Apparel in 2008. Sure, sure. And there's a, this uh, in-store radio station called Viva Radio, and that's all you could listen to in any American Apparel was strictly Viva Radio, and Viva Radio had their own DJs, which were primarily other American Apparel employees. Interesting. Like, 
from Did all they get of paid it? extra for the DJ work, or is it? You just... know, it was free. <laughs> you know, they were, you know they were doing say. that for free. That's what I was gonna say. I tried to get a, a <laughs> DJ channel there, and they were just like, ah. Wow, they're yeah. lost for sure. Wow. I know. I, I had, would listen to your DJ channel. You know, I had all the hits from Hype Machine. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't know why. <laughs> they were fronting on me. I was like, look at my playlist. <laughs> Do you see that French Horn Rebellion remix? <laughs> and um, they were just like, yeah, we're, we're good. You know? But, yeah, so it really is just like, do you want me to, like, get into the story or just, like, okay, it's 2008. Set, set it up, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm working at American Apparel. Or Wait, I'm sorry. This is wrong. Okay, 2009. Okay. 2009. 2009, I'm working at American Apparel um, in Houston. In Houston. Okay, well, talk to me about, are, is this high school, college, Um, no. Yeah, no, this is college. Okay, college. This right. is college. All right, all right, all right. You don't have to give me specific. <laughs> just want to, like, figure out, like, what state of mind you're in. Yeah, so I... Was working at American Apparel in Houston. Mm-hmm. We had the whole Viva Radio set up, and one of the most interesting things about just like working—I mean, like working—I I should preface this by like, yeah, before this, I worked at Urban Outfitters. Okay. So I kind of like knew like the gist, and before that, I worked at J.C. Penney. Ooh. <laughs> um, <laughs> the fun stuff, and before that, I worked at Astroworld. So wow. <laughs> I know you so. worked at Astroworld in high school. Yes. Wow. Yes. That's amazing. Right before it closed. Okay. Right before it closed. Wow. I also quit. The, this is a side story, but I, okay, I worked at Astral like two Fright Fest seasons. Okay. And the second one, or the final one, which I think was 2005? No. You definitely know better than I do. For okay. Sure. So I basically came back and they had me work, the first time I worked at like near the bamboo shoot. Mm-hmm. or next to Thunder River. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the second time they had me working in, like, the employee cafe. And it was the first day. This is going to sound so pretentious and awkward. <laughs> uh, and I know what I'm setting myself up for. <laughs> I'm going to deal with it. And so the first day, I don't think I got a break, to be fair. I can't even remember. It, I just remember, like, it was just, like, a very, like, strenuous day. And mm-hmm. back then, like, like minimum wage was like five fifty five an hour. That's insane. It it was like yeah. what am I gonna do at five fifty five yeah. an hour? Like nothing. Yeah. And I remember like actually getting a task, like they would give you tasks and so and my task I think was to like mop the entire restaurant and I was like, This is my first day, this is so bizarre. How no. do they even know I can do this? <laughs> Not saying like I couldn't mop, but I was just right. kind of like I don't even know like how this like no one gave me an orientation. They just like okay. threw you in there, and okay. I was just kind of like cleaning out grills. Like they didn't. I don't even remember. Would I get popped with a lawsuit if I'm like, oh, you didn't do food safety? Um, I don't even remember. Like this is very possible. We sat through a lot of video trainings. Okay. But like when it came to like my placement in like the employee cafe, which was not fun because like that's where the employees come when they're in break. And you're like working, so everyone's just fed up. Yeah, probably. they're just like, yeah. And I was like, dang, I, I want to eat. Mm-hmm. And I just remember I was like, oh no, fuck this. And so I quit. <laughs> first, <laughs> day, worked, first day. The first day. The first day back. Before that, I worked like Fright Fest. You know, fine. And you know, it's very interesting working at a place that you typically enjoy going to because that kind of strips the joy mm-hmm. from it. But yeah. I don't know why I just like went to Asheville, but uh, yeah, let me go. 
back to what I was saying. So the thing about American Apparel, this was American Apparel on Montrose, which no longer exists anymore. Obviously, okay. American Apparel doesn't have stores anymore. And I had really cool managers. It was it wasn't like a party, but it was just like, it was a very like lax work environment. Everyone was pretty much around like the same age. You're pre- like we're all like in college or like just graduated high school. And everyone's just like, you know, listen to the same music. The only thing that was a little bit interesting or the most exciting parts really was like how many times you would like see shoplifters in the store. And what was, how do y'all deal with them? Do you just let them go? Oh, that, that brings me to the story. Oh, okay. All right, all right. <laughs> yeah. Great, great. Okay. So legally, you're supposed to let them go. Okay. Uh, okay. Or, or at least like I think that's the company policy. Okay. So there was actually this one instance and it was, it was, this is, of course, during the summer. Okay. And I say to, uh, no, there's, like, two people. They come in, and there's, like, a couple. It's a guy and a girl. The girl, like, goes to, like, try on uh, disco pants, which are, like, this, like, signature American apparel, like, shiny spandexy pant. Okay. And they're, like, $98. So, I mean, for my pockets, that was steep. Yeah. I didn't have anything yeah. when I worked there. Even though we had like a discount of I think like fifty percent off, oh. I was still like, you know, gas, <laughs> gas for my. Did I even? Have, I think I had like a a ninety nine Nissan back wow. then that would die on me on the sixteenth <laughs> like just shut off. Um, so I'm thinking about gas and like I think I had got my first root canal that year. First of five. That's a thank you. Black Forest, <laughs> organic gummy bears. <laughs> Literally at five. Going back to the disco pants. So a girl comes in with a guy, and then she go, She has to you know, try it on. She goes in the fitting room. She tries it on. Mm-hmm. And she comes out, and, you know, we clean out the fitting rooms. And you, like, ask, like, hey, is everything, you know, okay for you? Like, right. if you have anything you didn't want. She's like, no, everything's good. Of course... Because we typically only have one of each thing on the floor, you notice like when, oh, a size small or I think it was like a size small, like bright red pair of disco pants is mm-hmm. missing or, or did not reappear. And I was like, oh, man, like, that's weird. And so, like, I don't know, like, if I like, like my manager, I was like, hey, like, uh, just so, so you know, like, um, disco pants is like on the move, you know what I mean? Like. <laughs> We didn't have like a co- like some like stores have like codes that they say like when they suspect you're yeah. stealing they'll like have like a name or be like Banana Joe and mm-hmm. then everyone's like on the lookout for who's stealing, but we didn't. We were just like oh, okay, cool, <laughs> got it. So I don't know. Okay, this escalated somehow like so fast, and I don't know how it got to this point. But okay, okay. eventually. The girl and the guy, they leave the store. Okay. And honestly, that's where it should have ended. <laughs> that's where it should have ended. But, like, me and my boss, we were like, yo, let's roll up. Okay. <laughs> this person. Didn't have anything to lose that day. Nothing to lose. Yeah. And we were probably were, like, really bored. So, <laughs> God. We... Instead of just, like, uh, I think because the girl and the guy, like, they were just, like, walking the block. And so if I could just, like, kind of, like, set up the scene. Like, American Apparel um, Montrose is 
off of Westheimer, the lower digits of Westheimer. Mm -hmm. So past like Lanier Middle School, I think. Okay. Yeah, in like a Canes there now. Um, so there's like Leopard Lounge. There's like a, a Buffalo Exchange across the street and I think like a Wish store. Okay. And then there's Poison Girl, which is a bar. And then a few other like kind of like cool, like trendy, like resale, vintage shops. And, and then there's like a across the street, directly across the street from, from American Apparel, I think is like a convenience store and a tattoo parlor. Okay. And so obviously usually when people like come through American Apparel, they're going to like other stores they're around there. Other... Yeah, they're like, I'm gonna go to Buffalo Exchange. Okay. I'm gonna go to American Apparel. I'm gonna take the stuff I sold from American Apparel and sell it at <laughs> Buffalo Exchange. It happened. <laughs> and like they would call us and be like, hey, like is this your stuff? And we're like, uh, yeah, well this girl's trying to sell us something with, wow. um, those sensor tags on there wow. still attached and like oh or like really? they'll have huge holes in them because they ripped them out right when in actuality all you have to do is take a magnet <laughs> i think it's a magnet or like a screwdriver i don't i actually googled that once but not because i was stealing anything <laughs> i have never stolen anything <laughs> in my life like period <sighs> like that not from a store no mm -hmm. I might have taken like my mom's makeup sometimes, but like not from a store. That's a different story. Yeah, but like one yeah. time, this is inside, but one time I remember like I got, uh, my mom actually gave me like a robe from like Victoria's Secret, mm -hmm. which, ugh, whatever. Okay. Um, And it had like one of the sensor tags on it. And I was like, well, how am I gonna take this back? And like mysteriously asked them like, hey, can you remove this? Cause one, I didn't have the receipt. Mm -hmm. One of the things my mom does or used to do until me and my sister both were like, please stop buying us things from Victoria's Secret. We do yeah. not want them. Yeah. So Victoria's Secret, after Christmas, they have this like massive like sale. Mm -hmm. And so they mark everything down. My mom would go to their sale after Christmas, buy all the stuff, and then give it to us the following Christmas. <laughs> One whole year. One whole year. <laughs> there there were no other out. holidays in between. The Nothing. <laughs> One whole year. <laughs> And because of that, we can never take anything back. Like, they would be like pajama sets. Wow. And we take them back, and they'd just be like, oh, we haven't sold this for like over a year yeah. or a season. Da, da, da. Like, and I'm I like, know. and so I had a robe, and then it had like a, the tag on there. And I was like, what What am I supposed to do with this? Like, I, one, I can't wear it mm -hmm. with the tag. Two, I can't take it back because mm -hmm. it has a tag. And then they're going to be like, oh, well, you're still it. And I'm black. Like, right. I, that happens. Not trying to walk down that road. Yeah. I, that. It happens all the time. Yeah. Um, I can, oh, so stories about that. <laughs> <laughs> we can just go down the list. But um, we are, um, the girl and the guy, they leave our store. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I should stop. But for whatever reason, we get the idea, like, okay, like, let's let's go, like, pull up. So instead of just, like, you know, like, walking out of the store and, like, approaching them, we get in my car. Okay. <laughs> like, I'm parked in the back in the par employee's uh, parking lot. And I'm like, all right, let's go do this. And mm -hmm. my manager's like, yeah, like, let's roll up. Like, so, like, we are crunk as shit over this. Like, we were like, yeah, like, we were, like this is like a set it off scene or whatever. Mm -hmm. And we pull up to the, across the street. We see them. They go into the tattoo parlor across the street. Okay. And they, we go inside and like my manager's like, hey, like, do you have like those like red disco pants? And the girl's like, I don't have any red disco pants. I don't know what you're talking about. And then my manager's like, oh yeah, we know you have them. So like, you might as well just like give them back to us. Right. She's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Da, da, da. And so like, 
I think eventually they walk out of the tattoo parlor to get in the car, and my car is parked next to their car. Okay. So at this point, that's where it gets into like this like sparring match of words. Okay. Only words, because we're both in the car. Okay. I'm in the driver's seat, and my manager's like in the passenger, and the girl's like, I don't have nothing that belongs to y'all. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, you know, I'm a, I think she, she was definitely threatening us at, at some point. And my manager was like, do it then. Do it then. <laughs> like, you feeling froggy, then jump, you know? And I'm just kind of like, at some point I'm getting scared. I was like, yo, like, mm-hmm. she could have a weapon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't want to go down like this. So the guy who's with the girl, like, presumably they're a couple, he gets out of the car and starts walking to my car. At this point, I'm freaking out. I'm like, hey, you think we should, like, leave? Right. And um, the my, uh, the guy comes to our car, pulls out his wallet, and um, pulls out his uh, ID. And he shows us the ID. And he's like, hey, just so you know, I don't even know her. Like, I'm... Like I don't even know. Her. I just like met her today, and Why this is, is like my ID. He's trying to sell her out. He's trying to sell her out. Wow. That just goes to show you. That's what the patriarchy does. <laughs> wow. Like you're supposed to be my dude, and you're out here like selling me out because I'm trying to like get some fucking. This disco is supposed pants. to be a Bonnie and Clyde situation. Exactly. Like he wasn't fucking down, and they're always talking about oh girls need to be ratted up. The Clydes need to step up. The Clydes need to step the fuck up. We don't talk about that enough. Obviously not. Yeah. Because, like, I mean, you know, the old tales, like, uh, women are, like, holding down, like, the guys in Mm -hmm. prison. But, like, when women go to prison, like, guys don't hold them down. Hell no. That's a wrap. Like, I've watched episodes of Love After Lock Up. (laughs) I know how that shit goes. (laughs) There are tons of women that are, you know, writing to folks in prison, like, guys in prison, and, you know, creating, like, whole-ass relationships. Not that many. Uh, doing the opposite. Yeah. I mean, there are a few on the show, but it's just kind of like, we know why you're doing this. Uh, Come on, man. Like, it's the real world. Like, Tinder, Hinge, uh, Bumble, Plenty of Fish. None of that's working out for you? Anyway, the guy comes up to us and is like, I don't even know her. And we're just kind of like, oh, man, like, that's, that's weird. Black ass move, dude. Like, right. come on. <laughs> like, he, he's at the stuff this like, yeah, well, like, we're, yes, we are trying to get our merchandise back, but like. Now I kind of want her to keep the pants just like, to make you a point. should be shamed of yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think like the guy goes back to the car, and I don't even, I can't remember how this part happened, but uh, if he like said, like, hey, just give it to him or whatever, mm-hmm. but eventually like the girl tosses the like disco pants from the car and then just like oh whatever what this whole time she didn't have them (laughs) and then like like scurry off i mean but that's like one of the many uh shoplifter experiences i've had like so many weird experiences but it was like mainly because like you're bored you really don't i mean like yeah you don't want like shrinkage to happen but like when you're like doing the same thing day in day out you're like What's exciting? Yeah. Chasing shoplifters down Westheimer. <laughs> and in which the company's not even going to reward you for that. Yep. In fact, they're like, you know, don't do that because, like, it's a liability yep. if you get hurt or someone else gets hurt. Yeah. So, like, I I get it. I understand that part. I mean, we've, but, like, okay, so that was, like, 
American Apparel Houston. Okay. American Apparel LA, and I worked in the one in, um, in Studio City. Okay. That one was a little different. Yeah, we would have like shoplifters, but like no one was like, you know, running out of the store. Like they were pretty, cause also American Apparel was based in LA. Right. So they were pretty like adamant about sticking to like uh, the, uh, I don't know, code of conduct. Right. Which was just for the shoplifting, not for anything else. Well, no. Um, actually, American Apparel had a very um, extensive code of conduct. Interesting. I can I. Is that know, ironic? Uh, mm, you know what? Is it? No. If you think about, uh, <laughs> if you think about how, like, when you go around this time, like, this is. 09, mm-hmm. 2010, 2011, you go to American Apparel and you pretty much see like the same, no matter which store, it's like mm-hmm. the same thing, like the same uh, people, mm-hmm. just like in a different store, a different location, mm-hmm. but like everyone dresses the same. So it's the code of conduct is basically something that was posted on the internet. Dang, can I say this? I don't even know. I signed some arbitration stuff, but like mm-hmm. basically we had a responsibility to always remain on brand. Okay. And what that meant was your eyebrows had to be done a certain way. Wow. You had to wear a certain kind of glasses. Okay. Like no, uh, like extravagant Quavo frames. You know what I mean? (laughs) They wanted you to wear like something that made you look like you were a character on like Pete and Pete or (laughs) The Wonder Years. Wow. Okay. Uh, or like uh, Wet Hot American Summer, uh, which I just watched. Like it was very, very specific. So if you didn't have glasses like that, mm-hmm. I mean, well, I guess one of the cool things that they did was they actually would pay for you to get prescriptions and like glasses oh, wow. that matched the brand and wow. aesthetic. But you know, you never want to get like caught like having like a visit from corporate and you're just like, oh, this is not on brand. Like your nails had to be a certain way. Like no, uh, no French tips, ladies. Wow. Like, no airbrush, no, like, crazy designs. Like, you could have color, but, like, it had to, it couldn't be, like, you know, neon or anything like that. Okay, so the brand was very strong. Yeah. You had to have, like, certain types of shoes. And, like, they would show, like, oh, this is, yeah, you can wear this, but you can't wear this. Like, they would have pictures on there. I mean, I think the faces would pretty much be cut out Mm -hmm. of, like, what's on brand and what's not on brand Mm -hmm. and how to wear, like, certain things. It was very... Uh, specific. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They did not have anything about hair. I don't. Nothing think. problematic there. No, I, I yeah, nothing problematic. I mean, I would have remembered. I mean, right. and I've had a ton of like instances where like folks have like said things about hair. Like I've been on right. like notable music video sets where. Yeah. You get like a note from like the artist that they don't want women with natural hair or no afros. That's crazy. And I was like so shocked because like this was an artist that like at the time like I was like oh my god I love mm-hmm. so much mm-hmm. and it's still a really cool artist. Mm-hmm. So but like it was just so weird because like the theme was kind of like throwback vintage seventies. But you like think you would want an afro. In you would think you would want an afro. Right, right. Um, but they they were like no afros. Hmm. No, I was like. Yo, that's wild. What am I supposed to do here? <laughs> because this is exactly how it was booked for this. <laughs> and yeah, uh, yeah. So now, obviously, I think it's a little bit different mm-hmm. because 
there is more acceptance and there's frankly more women that are like rocking like their natural hair so it's definitely like normalized but I think like me being in that space because I was like way younger so my first like my first instinct is like oh man like I don't know what to do versus like saying like uh, no this is fucked up Mm -hmm. and it's the 70s, and yeah. I don't know if you know, but black people in the 70s had fucking froze. Right. So let me wear my shit. Right. But, you know, uh, that's another thing. But um, So how does the song tie into, you said there's like a convergence of stories or something? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, okay, so, so we have one I shoplifting first, incident. Yeah, one shoplifting. But um, so basically that just ties into me leaving, like, Texas and coming mm-hmm. to, like, L.A. And this goes into Viva Radio because that's when I... I think I heard Tori Moi on Viva Radio first. Okay. It couldn't be Hype Machine. It could be Hype Machine. But okay. I, my brain is saying I heard him on uh, Viva Radio. Or am I confusing this with Hipster Runoff, which <laughs> I'm a super fan of. <laughs> Shout out to Carl's. Yeah, so basically the Viva Radio would play like all these like really eclectic artists. Mm -hmm. And like I was in, that was a time from like, for me, like LSU isn't the most, I don't know if if they got that, but like, yeah, I went to LSU. But Mm -hmm. um, isn't the most like eclectic space. Like we had like one like little bar where you could go and like maybe they would play Animal Collective if you're lucky. But like nobody there is going to be like, oh yeah, I know what Bat for Lashes is. And oh, unless you go to like Urban Outfitters for whatever reason, because <laughs> um, there was one and I worked there. Yeah. But yeah, so it was like this like major transition because it was like oh, like, this is a different world. Like culturally, mm-hmm. LA is different than like Texas. Definitely different than Baton Rouge. Mm-hmm. And it was just really like a. This is like probably like the real coming of age of for me because like this is how I became the adult that I am today and for me like listening to and it's not just you know imprint after it's honestly like that entire album because I want to say that's like 2010 and it started like the whole chill wave era mm-hmm. which I was staunch fan of because mm-hmm. I me too. I go hard for, mm-hmm. for Chaz yeah. and for oh you do I got a chill wave playlist it's probably not as good as yours but I got one I I mean, you need to send it to me. Is that Spotify? <laughs> yeah, 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 it is. I, I should have one because, like, I actually, you know what I did at one point? Um, there was this website called 8Tracks, and I had, like, chill wave stuff up there, mm. like, little playlists. But, um, no, like, that was, like, such a golden era. It was. It was you know, you have Tori Moi, you have Washed Out, you have, I guess, Neon Indian fits into that, too. Mm. 
And these are like new arts. Like I'm not, I haven't heard stuff like that um, coming from like LSU or Baton Rouge or, but um, yeah, getting out here, hearing uh, causes of this and really just being, I guess like it kind of just like opened me up to like what this whole like culture of like going out and seeing shows, like things that like I didn't do back home really. I, I think I went to the Warped Tour once in 2008. It was hot <laughs> as shit. Yeah, it was. And only, <laughs> this is so sad, to see gym class heroes. Wow. <laughs> like, that was it. Wow. And I think I saw Katy Perry play there. No shit. Too. Yeah. And that was it. And I, I just didn't like go out like that. And then like I come here and I'm just like, oh, okay. In a space where I can kind of like do my own thing, explore everything. And I guess like really like come into like my own as like an overall person. I don't, I don't want to sound like cliche, but that's kind of like what happened. And so that song, it wasn't playing like during the shoplifting incident. No, it no, just no, it wasn't. Relevant no, to the time it's relevant, period. Of your yeah, life. relevant to the time period. Okay. Mainly because like this is something that like they would play throughout my time at like. Uh, Was this on American Apparel Radio? Yeah. All the time, all the time. Yeah, well, because we would play. The thing is like you have different stations, but generally mm-hmm. we would play the same station. They were pre recorded. And you would play those stations just to hear like that one song. Right. You couldn't fast forward it, unfortunately. <laughs> Damn. Because I was like, oh, wow, another Talking Head song? Love I it. Mean, people probably love the Talking Head or Tom Tom Club. <laughs> whichever, like, David you want, that's yeah, what you get. Yeah. But And so just to, like, get to this one song, and there was, like, a lot of fluff. Um, yeah. But, yeah, like, uh, that song, that album would be playing. And, I don't know, it's just, like, I'm getting, like, really nostalgic. Good. Oh. <laughs> Good. That's what we want. Yeah, I mean... Like, okay, for instance, like, uh, I started going to, like, shows at, like, The Echo. And actually, I, I did see uh, Chaz play. Uh, and I took myself off the mic at The Echo. And I remember, I like, I went with uh, one of my coworkers, American Farrell. Mm-hmm. And we actually met him. And it was, like, really cool. And I, like, had this picture. Because this is, this is back when I had a blog, a fashion blog, wow. or a lifestyle blog. Wow. Wow. I don't even know why I mentioned that. Like that, I <laughs> were you doing like graphic design at that time? Like, were you make, putting your own stuff on that blog? No, was no. Before? This was like I'm gonna be a blogger because, like, in 2010 and 2008, like that was the thing. Like, right. you were everyone was like had some kind of like lifestyle fashion right. blog. Did you have a live journal? No, I didn't. Zanga? No, I had a Buzznet. What is that? <gasps> what is that? If you didn't have a Buzznet in like 2007, you didn't. Didn't do 2007 right. So, okay. This is a really... Okay, so when I was at LSU, I was kind of a little bit more of a scene kid, which would explain why I would go to... Gym class heroes. (laughs) See uh, the Warp Tour. And yeah, I saw them at uh, Warehouse Live, too. Wow. Yeah, I was a stan. So... (laughs) That's fine. It's fine. No, it's not. (laughs) Live your truth, please. I don't have any gym class heroes on my iTunes currently okay I, we actually re-listened to uh as cruel as school children like yeah. recently and we're just like okay we see why we listen to that but uh that's <laughs> enough um 
I was explaining what BuzzNet is. And so BuzzNet is this kind of like scene queen kid place. Okay. So like anyone that was like really into like uh, Fuel by Ramen bands, you had a BuzzNet. I don't even know what that means. Fuel by Okay, so they had Fall Out Boy. Okay. Oh, is that a label? That's a label. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, Fall Boy, okay, okay, Gym okay, Class okay. Heroes, I think Panic at the Disco. Oh, they were doing really well at that time. I think Paramore too, yeah. Wow, that was like all yeah, scene they had, bands. Every like band that had like song titles that were like wow. eighteen words long. Yep, um, which was so vital. Cobra Starship. Yeah. What was their? What was Cobra Starship's big song? Oh, the Snakes on the Plane one. Yeah. I, don't, I know you're okay. I haven't heard that name in so. I may have never heard that name they, again <laughs> as long as I lived until you. Until just they okay. did. They did the soundtrack for Snakes on the Plane, and I remember I saw uh, Samuel L. Jackson in the music video. Is this it? Right. Let me fast forward. Oh, yes. I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. I'm ready for it. Again. Oh my god. I haven't heard this song in so long. Really? Oh my god. Y'all can't see it, but I'm bobbing my head. Anyway. <laughs> wow. Uh, wow. Oh my God. Pink wow. streaks just appeared in my hair out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> Do I have my raccoon liner on? <laughs> like hot topic sleeves. Like, yeah. <laughs> No, <laughs> that was a time. That was a time. That was a time. I literally can like chronicle like my life by like the music, and that specific that specific time was just kind of like, oh yeah, that like scene that and um, what did I listen to so much, like high school like uh, Panic at the Disco. Oh yeah. Like a uh, fever you can't sweat out. Oh my god. Mm -hmm. I was like, what is this? Like, and I was obsessed. I was obsessed. I'm not ashamed to say, like, I was obsessed with old Panic at the Disco. Right. That album and then the Fall Out Boy, uh, cork, the Cork Tree. Oh, album. underneath the Cork. 
is it Kiss Me Underneath the Cork Tree or is it just Underneath the Cork Tree? That's a good question. And then there's also Infinity on High. Man, yeah. like, I bought these CDs. Like, yes. I bought these CDs. We were out here buying those albums. Yeah, I still bought CDs until recently. Yeah. Like, I think I stopped in the past two years. I sold, like, most of my collection back to Amoeba for, like, 50 bucks when I was wow. doing my uh, Marie Kondo <laughs> clear out. Okay. It was hard, but I was also someone that just needed to have, like, the physical copy. And Same. it was like, well, why don't you just do, like, LPs? And I'm like, LPs? Like, like vinyl records like no mm -hmm. like i need cds like i can't play that in my car that's what i'm saying yes thank you thank you <laughs> and some people would be like well you know you can just like do the mp3 thing and i'm like yeah no it's not the same it's not the same and especially if i really love an artist if i really love an artist i will well i'll pre i'll buy the album on a mp3 and then i'll go in the store and i'll buy the cd, the CD. Yeah. but now i'm trying to uh buy the vinyl because I'm like a big girl now and I have a record player at my house um, that I don't even it's just for decor like I don't even like it's all about play. the aesthetic you know yeah I mean like people will okay there's the thing like people will have record players out here and then they'll play like 99% of their music on their Sonos system like yeah. that's it yeah like it's it's literally just an aesthetic thing yeah but like some of like the uh, uh, older like hard to find um, albums like Obviously, I don't mind having those on um, LP. Oh, well, oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! I aim to be your eyes, doing well. Oh wait, wait, dear studio audience, I have an announcement to make. It seems the artists these days are not who you think, so we'll pick back up on that on another page. I believe. That part when it breaks down and it's like turns into like a techno song. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Why did they do that? But it was so good. You know, wait, there are two versions of um, Time to Dance. Mm -hmm. There's like this like electronic like techno version that okay. they had on their MySpace page. Wow. And then there's the one that's on the album. But like the elect, I don't know if you can find it, but like this electronica like version of Time to Dance was like, <laughs> I don't want to do that in the mic. <laughs> but it was like so good. Like, honestly, early Panic at the Disco is like something to be celebrated. It really is. I, I don't know what like uh, homie. What's his name? Is Brendan Urie is doing? Why did they do this? <laughs> why did man. this happen on this album? It's great, oh but God. why did they do it? <laughs> it makes me feel like I'm in an arcade. Yes, <laughs> pinball wizard. <laughs> Listen. Just listen. listen. They were Shutter, so serious. Shutter, shake it up. Just <laughs> <laughs> for attention. Oh wait, I, what was that? I was talking about Buzznet, and like <laughs> basically everyone had a Buzznet, and they're like these really popular. Okay, so they're very like popular like scene queens on Buzznet. Like one of them was this girl named Raquel Reed, and like at the time she had like this uh kind of blue hair, and then um the other girl was Hannah Beth, and then problematic Jeffrey Star. Okay, <laughs> like they were all like you know the big. Buzznet folks, and that's basically. I mean, you'd go there and like follow their like 
journeys and the, I don't really understand like the purpose yeah. of like Buzznet. It wasn't it, they were kind of like blogs. They would post like photos and stuff like that. And you were it was posting like pre-Instagram stuff on there. No, I did. I did post some things on my Buzznet, but it wasn't. It wasn't fully actual. It was. I was okay. just like I didn't know what I was doing. You had one. I had one. But then when you had your own blog. That's and then I had you... my own blog, and then okay. yeah, I would post like, like really, uh, what I thought were like cute outfits, which are definitely not. <laughs> like, girl, we know you got that from Target. Like, yeah. what? Well, Target's cute though. Mm-hmm. But like sometimes I would just like be pulling together. Like, oh yeah, this collection works. It it didn't. But yeah, I had that for a little bit, and. I didn't start like posting like my like digital collage as I do now for like shit. I didn't do that until like I want to say like 2017. I made I think I like posted like one thing that I did on my blog. Nobody was feeling that. They were just like, okay, can you just tell us about playlists and hair? Because I I did talk about like my natural hair too, but like that was pretty much that. So you had the. Buzznet. That's what I had the Buzznet, and then was my, that the beginning of your creative expression? Um, you know, no, I would say high school is the beginning of my creative expression because at first I used to do, I just used to cut them out of so like magazines back when magazines were a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would make my own collages. So like, I remember I would cut out things from like Vibe and Essence, and mm-hmm. I think there was this magazine called Honey mm-hmm. back in the day. Um, and I think there was like a Vibe Vixen magazine mm-hmm. and whatever I found from like, you know, my mom's stash of magazines. What I kind of just, magazines was she reading? Essence. Okay. Wh- whichever the black okay. ones. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Yeah. And um, so Essence, Ebony, we'd get a couple of Vibe magazines and I don't know how we, I guess like sometimes like somebody would bring them home. And so I would just like, you know, take those and cut them out. We had a ton of magazines and at my grandma's house, she had like a ton. Of magazines, she collected a lot of stuff. Did she have like magazines from a long time ago? Yeah, a long time ago. Okay, okay. I wish I could go back and like this. She had magazines. She had cookbooks. There was a microwave cookbook that my grandma had, and like on the cover, it was like a lobster. And I was like, No, we're not doing that ever. Um, I doesn't, can't. Doesn't need to happen. <laughs> Never. Yeah. Shellfish. Yep. In a micro. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, my grandma like had like everything but yeah i started cutting out you know photos from like magazines and ads and mm-hmm. then i started pasting them together i mean i would have brought some you told me i would have brought i would have i oh wait yeah no i actually do have like one of my like old notebooks from wow. like uh high school that i had and i would sometimes i would even like put myself in uh the little collage like a little photo of myself wearing braces and it, it never fit like i would stick myself in like if i could that's out a still TV. really sweet though it's like you're kind of like imagining a future for yourself i think right oh <laughs> uh, that's i mean being an awkward kid is my anti-dress yeah <laughs> i yeah i would just like do that and then like for like in 2017 which was like oh god it was such a terrible year for me wow. it was just like I was so broke. I was so Same. broke. Like, oh my God. Like, I've been out of school for like, oh wait, no, I think I was out of school. I graduated in 2012. So I've been out of school for like five years and like, you know, had some ups and had some downs. But like 2017, I was just like, I, I don't know. I was it, was, it was a hard time. And then I remember like, I had this like one job where I was like a studio manager 
And basically, if no one was like renting this space, I had nothing to do all day. And so what I, I would do is just like start making digital collages again. Mm-hmm. And like, I was like, okay, well, you know, I'm gonna post this. And mm-hmm. the people like always ask like, well, why do you do like the whole 70s mm-hmm. thing? And it's like, oh, uh, because I came from like a household where like, that's what you listen to. Like, mm-hmm. we didn't like really get to listen to like a ton of, uh, at least like around my parents, like modern stuff. I remember my stepdad crushed my Diddy Family Saga CD. Oh no. And I cried. Oh no. I was like, it had Let's Get It on there? <laughs> like, how could you? Oh no. Oh, like Harlem Shake era, but like. Um, so what were you listening to? Like what was the- As a kid? Yeah, what were those old bands? Like? Oh, okay, well, okay, so my folks, like they're considerably older, mm-hmm. so all their music. Like, my mom's favorite band is Earth, Wind, and Fire. Okay. She also likes Frankie Beverly and Mays. Of course, of course. I know, right? Yeah. Um, uh, My dad's a little different. My, my parents are divorced. My dad, he's a little bit more, like, a little bit of everything. So, like, my dad, he, he likes Yacht Rock, which I love, I too. I love Yacht Rock. Thank I'm you. I'm so happy you said that. I'm Thank so you. I listen to the that. Yacht Rock station, like, all the time. Like, Oh, my gosh. That makes me so happy, Rini. <laughs> I love y'all. I could have told. Oh, I didn't have a story about like uh, Christopher Cross sailing, but I <laughs> love it so much. Like it's just something about that. Mm-hmm. It just makes you feel good. Yes. Come on. It's so. Uh, it's just like so peaceful and like beautiful. Yeah. When I first like discovered like, oh, that's the name of for that genre. Like, I love that it's shit. Perfect. It's a perfect. Yes. Name. I listen to, so they, you know, they have like the Yacht Rock station on them, I think mm. it's Sirius XMU, and it mm-hmm. comes back every summer. Mm-hmm. And they'll just play like Christopher Cross, the Doobie Brothers, yep. uh, Kenny Loggins, uh, Billy Ocean. Mm-hmm. They play um, some Hall & Oates, which they're not really They're Yacht like on Rock. the border. Yeah. They, they like, get on the yacht from time to time. Yeah, from time to time. You know what I mean? But it's like, oh, we're also going to stop at the Blue-Eyed Soul Dock. Right, you know what right, I mean? Right. So uh, they play them, and I, it's just, I don't, I can't explain like how like, cathartic and like yeah. peaceful it is yeah. it was like hear it but yeah but like yeah no my uh folks are just like all about i mean my my stepdad would listen to like the spinners anything that had a the okay. in front of it okay <laughs> like the four tops and so he was more of a like a 50 60s era and my mom was more of like a 70s era so like you know, coming up listening to like the whispers mm-hmm. and like whatever came on Magic 102. Mm-hmm. Like, that's another thing. Cause like Magic 102 was an experience. It is. Like, I don't even know if they're still kind of like playing the same stuff. I think I didn't listen to when I was last down there, but yeah. growing up and like you're like hearing these songs and you're like, oh wow, like these are actually jams. Yeah. But also, Destiny Child yeah. version one yeah. is also a jam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I also like listening to this and yeah. B2K. But no, just uh, listen to, you know, Patrice Russian. I'm trying to like think of like, there's just like so many bands. Evelyn Champagne King. When I think of like my happy place, mm-hmm. like my ideal future, it's like me in a mountain home wearing a robe. <laughs> I'm not even smoking a cigar, but I just have one. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I'm listening to Michael McDonald. Oh, my God. You know what I mean? Oh, he's so amazing. Yes. <sighs> like, it, that just feels like such a cathartic space. Why can't we have that? I don't know. And I feel like that would probably solve, like, 70% of our problems. Yeah. 
If, 70% of, if we, at least oh. just me and you had mountain homes. Yes. Yeah. Oh my fresh air. Come on. Fresh air mainly. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I just I Oh my god. It's like in Yacht Rock I think is what like a It's a like late 70s early 80s era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Some of it it still kind of has like some 70s elements to it. But like I really ugh, I go with that from Yacht Rock. I yes. probably will listen to Yacht Rock. Uh, leaving that today. <laughs> like I have that state. It's set. It's on station seventy. <laughs> it is set. So, but yeah, no. Um, my folks just like listen to a lot of seventy stuff. And then like on top of that, like my elementary school, mm-hmm. it was in all black elementary school in third ward. And some of the things that they would show us, like they weren't showing us like the newest like. Lion King or Goofy movie or whatever they would show us like stuff from the 70s like we would watch movies like um, A Hero Ain't Nothing But a Sandwich and Cornbread Earl and Me and like you just kind of like pick up like this is like uh, I guess like the cultural like references around that time and then it just is something that like oh this is this is a normal thing this is, I don't have to watch Nickelodeon <laughs> but it just like stuck with me and it just kind of like became really ingrained and like an integral to like the kind of person I am and when I see a lot of 70s imagery I'm like really reminded of a time where I am comforted by being okay with who I am and and like having like that acceptance because you go to an elementary school and everybody looks like you correction there was one white kid (laughs) Um, (laughs) and he had all of the Animorphs books (laughs) he had all of them I was like shout out to you um it was just like really cool because like you, in a way, it kind of, I don't, I won't say it sheltered, but mm-hmm. it like as a young kid growing up, especially in like an urban environment when like outside of like that environment, like you are definitely othered. Yeah. It created like this like really cool safe space yeah. and a safe space for you to actually um, embrace like your identity, like black history was not a foreign subject right. for me coming up. Like, we had Black History programs. Like, we were very much aware of who we are, uh, what it meant to be Black, and just, like, how, I guess, like, special it yeah. is as well. Yeah. And that's, like, something I think if I've gone, if I had gone to, like, another middle school that may not have, not middle school, I said middle school, <laughs> elementary school that may not have had that uh, demographic, I probably would not have gotten. And so I would just right. like develop this like strong sense of like culture just from like that upbringing, just from like what K through five. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously being around like my parents and stuff like that and my grandma yeah. and uncles and aunts, like that's all their generation. And yeah. it's just something that it represents like a lot of pride for me and a great way for me to articulate pride to others because I see like these images like especially around like the black exploitation era right which some people I mean obviously there's always going to be critics and critics at the time are like oh well this is actually exploitative of black characters Mm -hmm. um but it's also put black people in spaces and entertainment that they didn't really have before exactly. like the narrative before was like you know you are a maid yep you are a slave yep. not to say that those narratives still don't exist in right. some capacity but you have like folks like pam greer yep. and richard roundtree mm-hmm. and oh god jim brown yeah 
For a little bit, right? Jim Brown and Calvin Lockhart. Man, I watched so much. So much. Um, like, now we can be crime fighters. Yeah, and, yeah, like, you're fighting crime. And, you're, yeah. you know, challenging oppression, even yeah. if it's in a way that is only on screen and mm-hmm. you're still dealing with the very real shit when you come home. Mm-hmm. You it, need that escape, though. You need that escape. Yeah. And that's not what we, you had before. Yeah. And so, like, seeing that, and, like, I love going back and, like, looking at those posters and seeing, like, Pam Greer mm-hmm. and uh, Tamara Dobson mm-hmm. and, I think, Lola Falana, Judy Pace, like, just, like, doing a damn thing. And it was just, like, for me, that feels like that was a time where blackness was, like, pushed to the forefront as, like, oh, we're characters. We're just not, like, the side you know, the side characters or the underdeveloped best friend. Right, right. Um, but, like, we can be at the forefront of the story and be the protagonist in those stories. And then, you know, after that, like, it changed. <laughs> and then after that, Soul Man was made. Right. But, um, but it's so cool to hear, like, ha- knowing now that you grew up with this certain kind of music mm-hmm. and you were seeing these old magazines in yeah. your grandma's house. And you were watching these movies in elementary school, mm-hmm. and knowing like what your art looks like, mm-hmm. it like it all is starting to click, and that's really cool. Yeah, I. Um, it comes from a place. You know? <laughs> it, co- it comes from a place. It's not just like, <laughs> uh, you know what? This is yeah. gonna look great. Yeah. No, and one of the other reasons that I actually chose to kind of stick within that narrative is because, or a particular aesthetic, is a. Uh, because like I, when people like ask like, oh well, how would you like describe your work? And mm-hmm. I always say like, I feel like it's propaganda, but like <laughs> in a positive sense. There's good propaganda. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's not just all like associated with, you know, Putin. tyranny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like propaganda for Black personhood and identity, I really push for the Black experience to be normalized mm-hmm. and personhood of black people namely especially me as a black woman to Mm -hmm. be normalized and it's great to like be able to like create things that is like really relatable to folks Mm -hmm. i love doing that but i also want people to like get like okay this is relatable and you also see this juxtaposed next to like this black image so you are understanding like oh okay like black people also go through these things right like we're also Complex <laughs> individuals. It's crazy, crazy thought. That I that know. Could be true. It's wild. I know. Like, you can be happy, sad, mad, <laughs> all of the things. Um, and I, I just really want to like push that narrative that like we exist in this very complex world that. Uh, I might, wait, I might need to rephrase that. We don't exist in, but like we exist and we have like a very complex uh way to look at the world mm-hmm. and it's something that people should like really acknowledge yeah and i more than anything it goes back to representation mm-hmm. because james baldwin quote you can't be who you don't see and yeah. i feel without getting too preachy <laughs> i feel that it's so important to have like images out there that look like me or look like someone that looks like me because you know after like outside of um let's say like when I got out of elementary school and I'm no longer kind of like surrounded by like those images like of like 
old like black movies and stuff like that and then like everyone that looks like me things become different yeah media is different you know you might see like one black person here or even one just person of color here and so there's always this need for me to like want to see somebody that looks like me so I don't feel like I'm like this other person right which makes it hard because you know the way this the way the country set up (laughs) (laughs) I want black people to be able to see themselves in art I want black people to be able to see themselves in media. And this is just kind of my way of making mm-hmm. sure like that's happening. Yep. And and I wouldn't create anything that was any less than that. Mm-hmm. And it's the only thing that's just like really authentic to me because, oh God, it's just like, it's so, and I hate to like, just like hit the nail on the head over and over and over again, but like, it's just so incredibly important to be able to just like, just, just to see, like, just to see your, like, think of it like this. Like, I remember, like, the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders. Mm-hmm. Like, when they would have, like, one black girl on the squad. Like, like, like that's this is amazing. Yeah. Or, like, I think, like, in the, in the Houston Ballet, there was this one, like, black ballerina. Mm-hmm. And, like, granted, like, I may not have wanted to be, like, a ballerina. I did want to be an ice skater, but that's another story. <laughs> Could have been the next Tara Lipinski, okay? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um just to see that, like, it just, like, makes you think, oh, like, oh, I could do something like that. Or there's someone else that looks like me that's doing something really cool. And, like, it means, like, so much. It means so much to see yourself in spaces that you wouldn't otherwise know that there was a place for you. Yeah. And I feel, and this is just my opinion, I feel like mm-hmm. other, I mean, obviously not everybody's the same, but other black artists might different opinion on this but I think it's like your responsibility if you have like any kind of visibility Mm -hmm. to extend that visibility Mm -hmm. to everybody that looks like you and like you know basically like once you get there like leave like uh when you once you get through the door you uh leave the door open open. yeah Yeah. for other folks yeah and or at least just you know inspire like those about like you know inspire us to continue to strive to do those things And I just, I just want people to like fucking get it. You know <laughs> what I mean? I don't like having to prove like my humanity all the time, and that's yeah. a part about being black. Is like a prove, yeah. like proving to people that you are human. I've had instances where like, I mean, this is also going to another like social conversation, but like just like the instance of like the whole angry black woman trope, mm-hmm. where like how you are always cognizant of like what you sound like. You can't mm-hmm. be sarcastic because they might think that you are being angry. That actually happened to me. Mm-hmm. Like someone's thought I was angry when I was literally just being sarcastic. I was like, you really would think I would? Yeah. Come on. You know I'm complex, Come right? Come on. You're not. Come on. You know I'm complex as a TI-83 calculator <laughs> or TI-89. Well, I don't know which one they're on now. But um, TI is a... Texas Instruments guys and uh, not <laughs> yeah, the rapper. Not uh, Clifford, whatever his name is. Clifford Tip Harris. Clifford Harris, yes. Clip, tip of the hat, Harris. <laughs> <laughs> that hat is always sitting. Well, look, I'm not black, but when I, my first introduction to your work was that art gallery you did. Uh, wait, which one? The one in junior high. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was my oh, first introduction. Wait, you came? Yeah. What? 
night? Yeah, yeah. Wait, the night? That's the night we met. Yeah. Wait, who are you there with? Tara. Tara, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. my friend Erica's friend. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Wait, did I say that I had seen you around before? I don't know. I feel like because I, I have. Maybe. I have. Like I've seen you like with other like Houston folks. I was like, oh yeah, yeah. recognize. Yes. Yeah. But I knew it was. I knew your art was important. Like the second I saw it. Oh yes. So it was like very clear to me. Oh, they. Yeah. No, that's um, that's like really cool. Like, cause that's like also like another example. Like, I mean, obviously you know what that is, but. That's the solo show at Junior High was, it's called Where You At? Mm-hmm. And basically what I wanted to highlight was the absence of black skaters in the 1970s yep. archives. Because yep. I, I go through archives a ton. Yep. And when I'm looking at all like the historic, because I also skate. Mm-hmm. Not a very good skater, so no one <laughs> challenged me to skate. It's fine. Um, roller skating, different. Yeah. But um, so I'm going through archives like trying to find like photos of like black skaters and mm-hmm. At least in the 70s, like, you know, or early, I'm oh, sorry, because skateboarding up, I think was invented like 1960, mm-hmm. something more or less. Mm-hmm. I think it might be 50. Someone might challenge me on that. So, <laughs> you know what? I, I don't skate for girl. <laughs> I don't skate for Baker. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, uh, I'm going through these archives and I'm, I'm really looking hard to like find like some examples of like black skiers and I could not find any. And so what I did was I was like, you know, I'm going to create that. And so I... Got a bunch of like, I guess like modern, no, not modern day, but people that skate now. Lots yeah. of black skaters, yeah. and I styled them in you know traditional seventy style clothing, yeah. and then I shot like this series that was one half just like class portrait, mm-hmm. and then the other half was this kind of. Eh, light black exploitation because I, I wish I had done a lot more collage on them. Yeah. But the other half was like the action shots, you know, mm-hmm. where they're like doing tricks and stuff like that. And it was just a way to create what I didn't see. Yeah. And I I would I'm glad it's out there. Yeah. I'm super it's glad it's so out there. cool. Thank it's you. It's so cool. Thank you. Um I have just a couple more questions for you. I love questions. Um because this has been a great conversation, but I'm like now let me uh let me do like my job as an interviewer. Um, so, this Tori Moi song, yes. imprint after, mm-hmm. the lyrics are mainly questions. Mm-hmm. And so, what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you the questions in the lyrics. Okay. And you can answer them however, however you feel comfortable. Okay, this is fun. Okay. Does that work? Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. The first one is. Why did you choose to stay? Because I didn't have no damn sense. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Are you sure about your life? Wow. Am I sure about my life? You know, uh, no, but I'm going to roll with it anyway. (laughs) I'm going to fake like I am. (laughs) Same. (laughs) Have you found how you're going to live? I mean, long as my student loans don't, you know, find out where I live, I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't even make sense. I'm always talking about my fucking student loans. (laughs) God damn, that shit they don't fucking tell you. Like, when you do... Go to school, man. Uh-huh. 
what made you want to come back? Well, uh, you were the only option. <laughs> and it was cheap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was cheap. <laughs> okay, that's it for the Tori Moi. And then your last song was Confunctions Loves Train. I didn't have a particular story about that, but personal story. Mm-hmm. But I really love songs that have like this uh, story behind them. Mm-hmm. So that song came about from what I read in like one of these like old school like forums as it's a love triangle. Okay. So okay. it is this kind of they had like these uh, like kind of back and forth over like this one particular woman who I can't remember who it is mm. but I just thought it was so interesting that um, this guy is just like in the song is like long I can't sleep too weak gonna call you up and it's a uh, I just kind of like it because it's like th- yeah <laughs> 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 it's this guy and he's like just like going and like pining after this woman who like clearly knows her worth mm-hmm. and is like having her pick mm-hmm. and like I just I just love that I love like songs that kind of like flip things a little bit mm-hmm. and I was like oh yeah this is this is tight mm-hmm. and also the song itself it's very good this this oh. could be on a Yacht Rock playlist it could it really could right it could yeah you know what? And it also kind of sounds like Michael. I can hear Michael McDonald kind of singing. When I listened to it, I was like, I thought, I, I straight did up thought he wrote him? this. Yeah. Wait, did he? What if he did? Oh my God. He's calling. She's not picking up. He's begging to come over. But she got company. And <laughs> tough titty, dude. <laughs> Early bird catches the worm. Early bird catches the bad bitch. <laughs> I'm going to make a bumper stick and put that on there. I'm trying to see who wrote it. I'll be a righteous lover, she said. Sugar. And this is where she laying that game down. Mm-hmm. She says she wants to see him too. But this is a twist. It's just someone's over, baby. I really, 
Like that is some fucking game. <laughs> right. Like a, that's a while bad you got bitch over, game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish I had the fucking cojones. Okay. <laughs> like somebody's like, hey, like what you doing tonight? And I'm just like, you know, I, you know, I'm like, you know, kicking it with somebody. But you know, I really want you to be here. Like, what kind of bad bitch that's is that? Insane. That is an insane wow. Wow. game field. Yes. Like I praise this woman. I need to find out who she there is. There could be a black exploitation movie just based, just based around on this that plot. Song. Yes. yes. One thousand percent. And he's still like, I still want to be with you. I yeah. still love you. Yeah. If you want that special love, love if you talk to another, that's the way it goes on that train. Yes. Wow. Like, wow. you got props. Is this Pam Greer? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I need to find out who it is because, like, that is, like, the sickest like thing to like be able to be like um by the way I'm sorry my first option came over yeah 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 <sighs> you hate to see it <laughs> <laughs> but next maybe next week yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe not and then and then there's like you know what I still want to pursue you not but this is also before you could swipe right <laughs> right this is like you, you could only fall you call on the phone you had to like actually go and find out and like yeah yeah this is oh god this song is just like whew. I have like a uh, like a like a bad bitch playlist. Yeah. And this should honestly be on it. But like all of my songs on there are like, you know, femme singers, so like it probably wouldn't. Right. But like I just love like the message in this like storyline like, is fantastic. Yes. Would it fit like right behind Azalea Banks licorice? <laughs> it's kind of the same energy. A little bit as Azalea Banks. Yeah. <laughs> She would get herself in a situation like this, for sure. Oh, for sure. <laughs> oh. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I got like that. I got like, I think Tony Braxton's on there. Um, for sure. In Vogue, whatever. Oh, my God. I probably should look at it. <laughs> this song made me want to ask you. Mm -hmm. This is my last question for you. No, I'm not in a uh, love triangle. That was not what I was going to ask you. <laughs> um, with for two us know. individuals <laughs> fighting, fighting for my affection. I have no time for that. <laughs> I was going to ask, have you ever had like an impossible crush? Oh, I don't know why you're, I thought you were going to ask me if I had a threesome. Wow. No, not, <laughs> was not going there either. Was not going there either. <gasps> um, an impossible crush? Like... Yeah. A crush on someone, not I'm not talking about celebrity crush. Okay. But crush on someone. I mean, celebrity crushes are possible in this town. <laughs> Very true. Yeah. But it, it's like maybe it's one sided. It's all you. <sighs> oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, more than a few times, mm -hmm. I think. Um, in high school, there was this like, I'm uh, He was a skater boy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh man, I'm gonna like. I'm going to, like, you know, wear my finest low-top Chuck Taylors uh -huh. and grommet belt. Uh -huh. And, like, you know, you have to, like, the little, not the wallet chain, but they were, like, those uh, loop chains. Yep. And, you know, I'm just going to, like, hang out with them. And, like, because the skaters at, like, my high school, like, they didn't sit at the lunch table. They just, like, hung out in the hallway. And I was like, oh, awesome. yeah, I'm going to hang out. I'm just trying to, like, impress. Yeah, that went nowhere. Um, I had. What about as an adult? As an adult, oh god, just like a crush on someone that like was going nowhere. I feel like as an adult though, I recognize that I'm a bad bitch. 
I can give the fuck I want. Yep, um, yep. you know what? I, I, I want to say there has been, for sure, there has been. I think it's just a little bit harder because if someone like doesn't like you, you don't like take it as hard as like when you're younger. Right. But wait, let me think. Someone that like I really liked, and that it was just like one-sided. Mm-hmm. There was someone. Uh, I don't know if this is the same. Like somebody that like I dated, and if I dated him, it doesn't count, right? I mean, if you think it applies. I mean, that's a really awful story. <laughs> My what I'm trying to get to is yeah. how do you handle that? Like rejection? I don't. I'm right. an Aries. Right. No. Right. 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 <laughs> um, no. Like, how do I handle like? Because there's always going to be people that don't like you. It's it's so hard to, like, mm-hmm. like how I handle it. Like, if someone I'm attracted to is not attracted to me, mm-hmm. man, there's a, there's a multitude of ways that one can handle it, especially someone of, of my <laughs> right, right. Uh, identity. I feel like, I mean, I don't internalize it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just kind of like, well... Maybe they're interested in someone else, but I don't. I just kind of like, like, okay, well, I guess I just, I honestly don't think I've like really had. Oh wait, I have, but then I always it's it's gonna sound weird, but like yeah, I I, I get what I want, but like I've, <laughs> I've had a crush on someone, and then it ended up like, I mean, kind of like, like, growing close or kicking it or or dating or mm-hmm. whatever with them but like I don't I don't think I like had like anything where I'm just like as of late mm-hmm. like adulthood where I'm just like oh yeah I like this person but like you know they're not giving me like the time of day I mean I've definitely had like folks like ghost me wow. like for sure wow. like that's currency here right and in that like it just sucks and I you know I actually posted this like yesterday like I made like a while ago about like people that like you aren't initially attracted to, mm-hmm. but you give them a chance anyway. You're like, oh, I'm not going to be shallow. You know, this could work. Mm-hmm. And they, like, ghost you or they, like, like, do you know that I'm a bad bitch? <laughs> do you know who you're ghosting right now? Like, I, I'm assuming you don't know yeah. because you wouldn't be ghosting my ass. Yeah. Like, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, it hurts your ego. And I think, like, one of like the biggest things that I just had to kind of learn about that is it's not necessarily me all the time. And then like what I normally do is just like channel that energy into like making something, to be yeah. honest. I yeah. any kind of like not any transgression, but I recognize like heartache and this is for not just myself, but like anyone, like you go through a breakup and watch how creative you are after that. Mm-hmm. Like you, you some of the best songs wrote and wrote, <laughs> wrote <laughs> I just made a word. Um, love that. Love some that. of the best songs were written after someone, you know, broke up with someone like, right. uh, wait, 808's and Heartbreak. Right. Yeah. yeah, mm. yeah. Was that my favorite? It's not my favorite Kanye. But it is an album. It is an album. Yeah. It's not Graduation or yeah. late, registra- late Registration is my favorite. It's so good. But no, like, I think so much like great art comes from like heartache mm-hmm. and rejection, mm-hmm. and that's where I just channel pretty much everything. Because like when, whenever 
as a yeah as a late whenever i'm like been rejected from anything a job mm-hmm. i've had crushes on jobs <laughs> that's and very like, real that's very real crushes on like things that like uh i didn't book and i'm like oh wow that could you went with her that could have been me <laughs> well, it looked the same yeah this could be us <laughs> yeah those kinds of things but like yeah i just kind of like channel it into like my work and like how to like really get something out in the ether i guess Mm -hmm. i don't i don't like uh kind of like sit in the corner and like cry about it anymore but ghost me in 2011 and yeah i was definitely like wow like the world would you know like shatter around me it's just it's just different i think you just like grow and you're just like okay cool um you don't fuck with me like that and that's strange it's weird that you don't it's weird that you would want to pass up a bad bitch (laughs) but like um i'm i'm completely fine with that you know you missed it you know know what someone else out there is gonna be happy with me hopefully and um (laughs) then you'll like regret you'll regret it Mm -hmm. because like they always regret it they always regret it i mean that's what i'll tell myself and if they don't regret it then you know Fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck them straight to hell. Wow. Look at you. I can't believe my eyes. Still walking around and feeling sorry for yourself. Did you think when it broke your heart that it never happened to nobody else? Yes, I know. It hurt you so. You feel like your world has ended. That your heart cannot be mended. So you hide. I guess, like, I didn't even, like, preface this, but, like, yeah, it's coming up on, like, my 10-year out in L.A. Wow. So that's Congrats. probably why it's, like, thank you mm-hmm. at the end of this month. That's probably, like, why it's, like, one of the biggest things for me. Wow. Wow. I've been out, I've been out here. You did that. Paying uh, California state income taxes for 10 years. That's something to really be proud of. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah. No, it, you know, it is. Because, like, the first two years are, like, shit. Mm-hmm. And then after that, you're, like, okay. And then after that, you're like, oh, shit. And then you're like, okay, until, I mean, knock on wood. Knock on wood. And then you, you hit your stride, hopefully. Yeah. But, yeah, thank you for having me. No problem. The big Houston, Texas, thank you. Hell, yeah. Third award, cheerless. less, thank you. What do they know about that? I didn't, I didn't put nearly enough Houston references into my answers today. <laughs> I'm upset with myself. Usually I'm like very much like. Do you want to do you want to talk about the Houston music you grew up on? Oh shit! To get that in. Uh yeah, Houston. Oh Destiny's Child, of course. The first Obviously Destiny's Child. Child. For, sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. Um, we got that in. Okay, so Big Mo. Man. You know what's so amazing about Big Mo? R.I.P. Um, like Bar Baby was such a great song. Huh? Who? What? <laughs> but then you had um, Purple stuff. Mm-hmm. Which I remember the music video clearly. With the because, Oompa Loompas. Oh, the Oompa Loompas. Come on, that was insane. Had no idea as a child what the fuck they were talking Where about. Where did they get the money for these videos <laughs> back then? <laughs> <laughs> like for like was uh, was Mo on like Swisher House? I think he was. He was he was on something, but he wasn't on something big. Yeah, I think he was Swisher House. Mm-hmm. Um, 
That was like a, a production. I remember that. was that. a legitimate production. Dun, 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 dun. Everybody throw your hands and sing along with me. It's Big Mo, the bar baby. Represent me, Southside Streets. Oh, my God. Um, okay, okay, so Big Mo. Um, obviously, like, young star. Uh, is it Lil Kiki? Did he do Southside? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Great. Um, I feel terrible. People are going to think I'm from Mo City, like getting this wrong. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> so, okay, Lil Kiki, Young Star. Mm-hmm. Obviously, uh, Big Hawk? Yeah. Yeah. Big Hawk sure. is chilling, chilling with my broad, and you already know. Down low, if I don't call back, don't put on a show. When I pass by your house and blow, instead of knocking at your door. I'm like, well, who does that? That's another great narrative. For a song. It is. That's the same. That's the same narrative the same as narrative, a function. <laughs> but switched around. <laughs> I'll pass by your house and blow instead of knocking at your door, and I'm chilling with my bride. And like the, like, presumably this is a woman on the other side of this. Right. Like, fuck. I mean, I guess. Right. So I'll just wait till he uh, passed by my house and like uh, toots his horn. Then I know like we're good. Um. So that was Big Hawk. Um. Yep, yep, yep. Is it Big Pokey? Yeah, it is. They did um, Texas. He did Texas Hacking with the country rap tunes. Country rap tunes is country that big poke? T- well, toe down, but big poke and Hawk are on them. Okay, Hawk is f- on on country rap tunes. Yes. Turn this up. What's damn? And that's such a good song that no one talks about. It is amazing. It's one of my favorite, favorite, favorite songs. Amazing. Yes. And you you did that playlist, yeah, and I remember because I have it. Wait. Yeah, I For do the have complex, it. Complex uh, article. Yes, it was so good, and I was like, Thank "Oh you. yeah, you got all." Because I remember like we were talking about, it, and I was like, "Oh no, you got all." <laughs> I was like, "I'm really mad because I had Daddy Lessons on there, and they took it off because they said it wasn't rap." And I was like, "Okay, technically that's true, but like yeah. I want to Beyonce to be on there." Come it's on. still fucking yeehaw. It's yeah, still fucking H Town. Like, on. ugh, it should have been on there. I mean, it's fine. I'm give, not upset. Give Beyonce her things. Yeah, no. Okay, so big uh, toe down, mm-hmm. big pokey, mm-hmm. little flip for sure. Switch from Motorola King. to. Prime co uh-huh, uh-huh. Um Shit. Okay. There was, there's like, oh, God. This is like, and really, I think it was like little O. Yeah. Don't you go nowhere. Stay right here forever. I I cannot. I, is, is it little O? I don't really know. It's like a very like throwback, throwback. I mean, like, it's like 2000s, I think. Early 2000s. But, like, it's kind of like, isn't it? I would say, I used to hear the 97.9. Like, you know, when they're doing, like, their local artist mix. It may not be Lil O, but, I'm, or maybe he's featured on the song, but I remember the song was like, Don't You Go No. And I found it one time, mm-hmm. and I, I couldn't find it after. I should go back and try to find it. But, okay, so, uh, obviously, something. Mm-hmm. King of the North. King of the North side? <laughs> Is that what he calls it? Yeah. He used, to, he used to go to uh, Lakewood Church. I would see him at Lakewood Church when wow. I was going there. Wow. Um, that would always be fun. Um, yeah. Okay, wait. So that's, I said Slim Thug. Paul Wall, obviously. Uh, for some odd reason, this sticks out the most to me, but Chopping Him Up Part 9 wow. was a really great, it's probably like one of the best like Chopping Ups. Oh, OG Ron C. For sure. Obviously. Shout out. Uh, what up, OG? Because... My God, like the best, like fuck action. 
or F action. <laughs> the man has given us so much. So much. He's and so and much. what have we given him in return? Not enough. Nothing. Yep. Just streams on Spotify? Like, come on. <laughs> Again, give him his things. Yep. You know what? I do have a question. Okay. I don't know where the hell the bunny hop is from. The, I, the entourage? The entourage. Where are they from? I don't know. I'm going to try Maybe. to find out. Because I was like, that's not a... New Orleans. Um, okay, well, then they're not. But, like, the great thing about, like, being in Houston, you know, you also mm-hmm. grow up with a ton of, like, New Orleans influences. Like and then a lot after, of Zydeco, too. A lot of Zydeco. That yeah. was, like, uh, like we would go to the Zydeco Festival, mm-hmm. like, every year, like, as a kid. And then, like, I mean, obviously, after Hurricane Katrina, mm-hmm. um, there was an even larger merge from, like, uh, New Orleans culture and, like, Houston's culture. And, like, we just kind of made a big... Gumbo to sound cliche. Mm-hmm. That's, um, that's a beautiful metaphor. Thank you. I thank you. It. I love it. But yeah, no, uh, there's just like so. I don't really know like too many Killer Calione songs. Yeah. He was nope. on a lot of songs, but I don't know how if, much like, of his like solo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. I mean, there, honestly, I could probably go on. And I, on. I, I can go on and on because like there's like such a very extensive history in like Houston rap. Oh, I cannot leave without saying Ideal is one of the motherfucking baddest R&B artists outside of Houston for like a long time. They're, they're from Houston? They're from Houston. Okay. There are only a few R&B groups that are from Houston outside mm-hmm. Destiny Show. Mm-hmm. Ideal and uh, H-Town, obviously. But Ideal, they made the song Get Gone mm-hmm. and they made the song uh, Whatever, which is like the quintessential summer song. So drive around LA, top down. Sunroof open, windows We're put open. Put that on your playlist for this episode. Yeah, we'll put that on your playlist and put uh whatever on because like that's oh, and I wish they were like I think they went to Cashmere High School. Mm-hmm. One of the greatest, like uh, underrated, mm-hmm. but like probably like one of like the best like early two thousands artists out there because we're not just like talking about like right, right. rap. Right, right, right. There's other there's other people outside of rappers. Yeah, I mean the ones that matter. Yeah, or, no, but like Chrome yeah. Bin, we, should, we gotta shout them out. Oh. Those are my babies. Yeah. Oh my god. That's Houston. Yes. Laura. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> um, yeah, of course. I'm thinking about like you said growing up though. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're like more yeah, obviously. That more wasn't current. growing up. Because uh, yeah. then I would be like, oh yeah, also Megan the Stallion. For sure. Bad bitch. Mm-hmm. Like, ugh. I love her. That's a that's a whole episode. But anyway. Yeah. Oh, and, and Lizzo. Yeah. Also, yeah. Houston. There's a lot of great, like, artists coming out of Houston, especially, like, currently. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. I, uh, Slim Thug used to live, so I'm from Cyprus, mm-hmm. and Slim Thug used to live out there when I was in high school. Wait, really? Yeah. <laughs> and so we found, like, that, the, I ain't heard of that video. That was filmed at his Cyprus house. Are yeah. you kidding me? And, like, when he talks about, like, now my estate sits on the lake or whatever on that album, that's, he's talking about living in Cyprus, which is really funny. But wait, what? What? Yeah. He's not talking about River Oaks because that's, no. you know, where you go to stunt. No. I'm talking about like boring Cypress. Wow. I mean, I love Cypress. Sorry, people. I love Cypress. <laughs> he's like, but. he's talking shit about Cypress. <laughs> Come down. Look, you're not going to have my neck. Mm-mm. I remember, like, so, like, so I've known Slim since, like, I was in college. And mm-hmm. then I, ne- I was like, I'm not going to tell him that, like, we used to go drive by his house just to see if he was outside. Like, until, like, <laughs> I wasn't going to do that at first because I didn't want him to think I was crazy. So, like, years and years and years and years went by. And I never told him, never told him. So I've probably known Slim, like, almost 10 years now, mm-hmm. right? And I finally told him last year. And I was like, I was like. <laughs> 
<laughs> I was like, Slim, I just, I, I feel like it's time, like enough time has passed. Like I can tell you this. I'm comfortable. You're comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We used to drive by your house just to see if you're outside. And one time you were, and we didn't know what to do. So we just kept driving. And then I thought we were going to have like this really like wholesome, like conversation and like talk about, you know, how we're connected forever. And he was like, he was like, I can't do a good Slim Thug voice because my voice doesn't go deep enough. But he was like, yeah, man, I, I had to move because I, cu- I couldn't get no hoes to go out to Cyprus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my fucking. you damn right. Ain't nobody capping on 290 for a dick appointment. I like to say clit appointment, but, like, nobody's hopping on 290 for that. Are you kidding me? Come on. Oof. <laughs> you shouldn't have been outside of the loop anyway. Like, come I think on. He learned his lesson. Yeah. Oh my god, that's yeah. funny. <laughs> I had to move. I thought I thought you were gonna say like I had to move because like you know it was too many people like spying on my house or whatever. But because we're talking about Slim Thug, we are talking about Slim Thug. Yeah. But because you know the uh, quality and quantity of women was a uh, far and few in between because right. like. Gas. Yeah, I mean okay. that's something. No, we're not even talking Gas, about. Gas, yeah. uh, belt weight. Like, yeah. this is, is he covering toll it's charges? The whole thing, right? Exactly. You know, are you gonna pay for my easy tag for me to get out there? Getting someone's to- paying for someone's toll tag is like the Houston version of flying someone out. <laughs> <laughs> I got, I got food out. I got an easy tag. Like, yo, know, if someone like got me an easy tag and it was they were consistently paying for it on a monthly basis in Houston, like. That is honestly getting flued out. That is like, you might as well like be flying me from New York to LA first class because right. that's what that is. That's like I can thing. go anywhere I want to go. <laughs> and like once you have the easy tech, I think it's like unlimited. Like there's no cap to that. Right. You know, like why not? You yeah. don't need Uber. Mm-mm. You just need the easy tech. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> like that's what you should have did. Stop being cheap. Instead, instead, that's way cheaper than buying a whole new cheap, house. It's, yeah, on, way cheaper than on. buying a new house. Like, it's, it's like instead, like you solved the problem by being like, you, your girl, like I, I got your easy tag. You're like, oh, okay. Well, I was kind of thinking about it, but since you got my easy tag, I'm gonna just come on through. Then, you know? I could probably stop at the outlets on my way back mm-hmm, or something mm-hmm. like that. I don't know. What's this? I, I had a friend that lived in. Oh, she lived. Yeah, she lived in Cyprus. Oh, yeah, or Cy. Cyprus is like it culminates with Cy Ridge, mm-hmm. Cy Fair, mm-hmm. Cy Springs. Yep. All yeah, that. yeah, all, all that. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I used to go out there. I got went out there a couple times, but it was so far. Yeah, I know. Like, like coming from like third. No. Yeah. That's like drive. inside the loop. I like to yeah. say inside yeah. the loop, and not the Beltway loop. I mean the six ten. The original loop. loop. The original yeah. loop. The loop that doesn't require easy tag. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not getting flued out. I'm not getting easy tagged out. <laughs> God dang. Well, and that and that is how you uh, date in Houston. This my time machine. Take me way back. Way back. This my time machine. Take me way back. Way way. This my time machine. Take me way back. Way back. Take me four and four. This ain't just a call. This my time machine. Thank you so much. Go do that, please. Wow, so my big question is, what would you have done if you were that age and someone busted into your store and tried to shoplift a bunch of stuff? 
Look, I'm not confirming or denying that I ever dabbled in shoplifting as a kid. Um, I'm just saying that hypothetically, if I did, I knew how to quit when I was ahead. Kids, don't shoplift, please. There's better ways to fight against the system. Anyway, we want to say thank you so much to Sydney Gore, our guest correspondent, for her wonderful introduction of Rinny. You can find Sydney on Twitter at S-Y-D-E-G-E-E. And Rinny, I want to say thank you so much for being part of the Nostalgia Mixtape Season 2. You're welcome back anytime. Thank you for your great stories. I'm sure you have a million more. You can find more of Rinny's work on Instagram, at Rinny Riot is her handle, at R-I-N-N-Y-R-I-O-T. This episode was produced by Jason Crow and hosted by yours truly, Samantha Shroud. We'll catch y'all next time. That's a, that's a cold train, brother.
What was the, what was the last thing you just said about being all right? In time, everything's going to be all right. Yeah, that's what I thought you said. <laughs> Let's get everybody's name. C Cedric Martin. Cedric. Carl Fuller. Lewis McCall. Michael Vernon Cooper. Paul Harrell. Felton Pilot. And Danny Thomas. Yes, Danny. We're still up in uh, Vallejo, California, yeah. right? Yeah. Right, guys? Yeah. Not, going, not going back to Memphis, right, guys? Oh, no, right no, we'll go back to Memphis. Yeah, you got a great album, and uh, this song you just did is not only uh, my favorite, our favorite, but uh, uh, it seems to be getting a tremendous amount of airplay around the country, right? Yes, indeed, man. We're getting a lot of help from all the people across the nation. Kind of surprises, too. You know, all the different uh, train rides and things that are popping up around the nation. They call it the Love's Train, you know. I understand also you'll be doing some uh, touring possibly this summer with Marvin and who else? DeBarge. Function and uh, we hope it's going to be a pretty hot show. Yeah, you have a new single which you're going to do later in the show, and it's entitled "You Are the One." Okay, how about it for Confunction? <laughs> 